to start with, let's uh, kick it off with with Ryan here. Um, you, you know, give us a little background on you. You know, your name, what you do in the band, and just kind of how everything started for you. Um, my name is Ryan. Uh, a lot of my friends are, I guess, uh, people in the music world call me Tuck. Um, it's just a nickname I acquired like six years ago. Um, I play bass full time in a band called Fit for a King. And this was a side project I started with friends of mine about four years ago. And um, through being signed with Fit for a King, Tooth and Nail decided to partner with us and assist us in putting out some music. Um, so these are like all my like hometown buddies that I've been friends with for the better part of 15 years. And this is our, our debut full length. We put on an EP in 2018 and have been working on this ever since. So it's great to finally have it out and be able to see what people think about it. Um, but I just sing in the band. Also, I didn't add that in. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's um, the fun part. So, you know, two years in the making, uh, obviously we, we've got a lot to talk about with this album. Um, it's been out for a little over about 10 days now, right? 11 days, uh, came yep. out on the 15th. So, um, to, to kick off regarding the album, what kind of response are you seeing online and, and just kind of, you know, where's, where do people seem to be, um, drawn to you at? Everything has exceeded my expectations for sure. Um, Worst comment I've seen is band name sucks, music is awesome, which I totally get. The band name is very strange. And like you said, we'll get to that and I'll explain it because it's cooler than, at least in my opinion, it's cooler than people think. But most people probably think we're a country band or some shit. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, so the response has been awesome. People have been super kind. I love the 90s references like Gin Blossoms and Third Eye Blind. I love the Armor for Sleep and Jimmy World references like people that I think the thing that's nice for us is a lot of people have been super into emo nights and reaching back into nostalgia and listening to these bands that all of us grew up on. If you've been into the scene for 20 years, like myself mm-hmm. and we are just that age and we listened to that stuff. So this is just naturally what we write as a band. And it just so happens to be striking a chord with those people. Um, so it's been really, really nice for me, man. Uh, streams have been great. First week sales were awesome. Everyone's been really supportive about it. My friends have been posting about it. And that's all you can really ask for. I haven't had anyone just be like, yeah, this is bad yet. And I've, I've, I'm waiting for it because you need a little bit of hate. Um, but I guess that comes from the band name enough where um, they can just think the band name's weird. And then they'll be like, oh, the music's pretty good, though. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I, I won't lie. When Becky first hit me up about it um, over at Big Picture, uh, I was like, okay, let's, you know, she she normally doesn't steer me wrong, but the initial thought was all based on the band name. I'm like, all right, what did, what's she getting me into, you know? But um, Looks like some hillbilly shit. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, however, it does not sound like some hillbilly shit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I not that there's anything wrong with that, if that's your cup of tea or whatever, you know, but... Yeah. I I'm 35, so you know, growing up through the the bands that you named, Armor for Sleep, uh, the audition, you know, dude, just, the audition, right? Some of us we played our first show ever when we were fifth. I was I was 14 and they were 13, 
and we opened a victory record showcase in, in Poughkeepsie, New York, and it was the audition, the junior varsity, the Hurt Process, Aiden, and I swear there was one other band, but I can't remember who else. But, That's a solid yeah. lineup, though, man. <laughs> the person that mixed our record did the audition records. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 The fat, the first, some, uh, gosh, something about controversy or something like that was that first record. Yeah. I yeah. And then I can't um, remember the name of it. I can picture the cover, yeah. but I can't think of the name of it. That thing is full of hits, man. Yeah. I love that band. Yeah. yeah and, the, you know, just like you said, growing up in that era or that genre for 20 plus years now, it's like, okay, I can, I can see some of that, you know, the armor for sleep reference. I definitely got, um, you know, so let's, we'll, we'll touch on the, the band name now, uh, just to get it out of the way for people. What does off-road minivan truly mean to you? (laughs) Okay. So there's a story about how the name itself was birthed. But um, it just kind of coincides with a lot of the, the songs on the record are about real people from our area, just to kind mm-hmm. of set that up. But one day I'm on the throughway, we're stuck in crazy traffic, and um, this minivan rips through the grass median and up on the other side, and my, my partner just goes, oh my God, look, it's an off-road minivan. And I was like, holy shit, that's my Jimmy world. Yeah, that's it. And for some reason, it just hit me where I was like, that's I've never heard that before. I've never heard anyone say that. That's a weird thing. I like it. I'm writing that down. I think that's the band name. And then the more that, the you know, I thought about it and, and the songs that I like to write about, it plays into essentially the off-road minivan. All right, let me start here. When you think about, for me, I grew up in a small town. When you think about that small town that you grew up in, a lot of times nothing really that crazy ever happened. The only thing that you remember is like Billy Bob went and flipped his car on Fish Road and died back in 76. Right. (laughs) And that is about as tragic as it gets in a lot of those towns. And for me, I wanted to, because I'm writing about these songs that symbolize all of these people, the off-road minivan is that flipped van with the person or family in it. So it's far more like tragic than it's humorous, right. it, you know? And I like that people, when they hear it and they see it, they're just like, what? This is so dumb. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like, it's so different than you think it is. Because you can't just like, I can't just put a crushed van with a bleeding family on the cover of my record. Right. (laughs) But I can, I can allude to things and I can sing about these things and I can write about these people that go through these instances that in theory are the off-road minivan. And that's why one of the songs in particular on the record is called Taconic. And that's a real story. I used it as a cute little metaphor to, you know, compare where I grew up which is an hour and a half north of New York City in New York City, where on the weekends, all the city people come upstate and they're like, oh my God, I love living up here, blah, blah. And all the kids in my town are like, man, I wish I could just get out of here and live in New York and make it. Yeah. And so that's why it's, I went the wrong way on the Taconic. You know, these people think they grew up in a small town and they just never made it the right way on the Taconic to the city and vice versa. But in, if you go on Amazon, you can watch a... Um, special it's called there's something wrong with aunt diane and there was a woman that drove the wrong way on the conic in a minivan full of kids and she died and they all died and it's a completely fucked up story it's so dark because 
the people, her family members, it's, it's early morning, 10.30 a.m. They all just left a campsite together. Everything seems perfectly fine. And the story goes on, and it's very, it's very hard to figure out what truly happened. So these are the small things that happen in my area that most people wouldn't even think about. And if it wasn't for major streaming services like Amazon or Netflix or whatever, you would never hear these stories. Right. So I, I wrote the song a couple of years ago, and you know, and I just think it, I like. I like exemplifying the small people that, you know, in one way wouldn't have that story be told. In this case, that story is told. Some people just don't know about it, and it's very messed up. Yeah. But, so that's the offered minivan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. Much it's different than, than I had uh, planned on that story going, I'll be honest. Because uh, I, I took it more as the, you know, the humorous thing initially at face value with, just picturing like a fucking Chevy Windstar with just, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. ridiculous off-road mud tires and just, well, it's an abomination. Well, we find <laughs> us through that. They'll be on YouTube looking up lift kits for their minivans. And then they find our band and they're like, hey, I like your band. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. I love it because, it, you know, I think the one thing in, in talking about the review of the record, like my mom likes it everybody just that listens to it is like, huh, this just sounds like a rock band. I don't, I can't pinpoint a particular genre on this shirt. There's bits emo, there's bits post hardcore, mm-hmm. there's bits of that third eye blind sprinkled in there, alternative thing, like cold play, all that kind of stuff. But in the end, it's, we're just a rock band. We're not, you know, anything in particular. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've been trying to, to get away from in, in the last uh, couple of years, at least. So, I've been doing concert photography and music journalism since like roughly 2004, right around there. Very cool. Um, And, you know, when I first started, I was writing for, you know, freelance and then got picked up by a couple bigger um, sites and whatnot. And then decided to screw that because I didn't want to be told what I was supposed to be writing about anymore. I wanted to do my own thing. But, um, you know, when I was writing for the bigger companies, it was a, a lot of, you know, well, they don't really fit the mold for a rock band that we're looking for or whatever. And I'm just like, why the fuck mm-hmm. is there a mold? You know, why are we putting everybody in these genre boxes when yep. that's not what it is anymore? You know, there's so much influence. And I think, you know, you and I are pretty close to the same age. And like the, yes. the, um, just the way we grew up, you know, we listened to so much different shit. Like to say that I'm influenced only by emo music would be ridiculous oh, yeah. to say, you know? Um, I mean, gosh, dude, the early stuff for me was like everything from Bell Biv DeVoe and Salt and Pepper to like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and all that stuff plays through in the end. Like, I did listen to the Gin Blossoms, and I did listen to Third Eye Blind, and I did listen to all that stuff, but it wasn't really my choice. Even My parents just had awesome taste in music. Right. So I just got to listen to good shit, and they had hundreds of CDs, and I could choose from whatever I wanted and take them to school. So, like, you know, it, it's just back then, you know, and there's still a lot of people listen to a lot of different styles of music. It's just the way that it gets delivered to them different these days is different. And I think that the average rock band is just different. You know, we have a 21 Pilots and we have some bands that get really, really big. Right. But 
not as many really make it as big as like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, where it was like all these bands came out at once, but they all were massive. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was the thing, you know, it was, I think it was smaller subgenres back then. Um, So you, you could have like Pearl Jam versus Soundgarden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're kind of the same, but you're not, you know, like you hit just enough difference that, that people hooked in. And nowadays I don't think subgenres really exist. You know, there's so much just fluidity within the music genres that like on your album specifically, you've got some that are a little heavier. You've got some that are a little lighter. Like there's so much fluid to it that it's not the same as an old Motley Crue album where, you know, it's just going to go a hundred miles an hour the whole time that you're, you're listening. Well, I think for us to, and for me as a music listener, my main thing is uh, an album. I can't love a band that only has a good song. Mm -hmm. I have to love a band that puts together now and a good record is relative to the person. Like my ideal record is like a black mile of the surface by Manchester orchestra, like Mm -hmm. something like that, where it's just the whole thing flows. They had their one like big radio hit from it, which is awesome. But is the whole thing trying to be that radio hit? No. And did they necessarily try to make a radio hit? Probably not. They're just amazing. And it worked, but I just wanted something. I wanted to create something with my friends where it was like, man, we can really listen to this back. And there was one other track that was fully finished and was going to be on the record. And we just pulled it at the end. And we were like, no, it messes up the flow. Yeah. And, you know, you have to make calls like that. And I think it worked out. Well, and I think, I think that's something that, you know, speaks to the awareness that you have around the sound that you wanted and the, the vision for that album. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of bands that fuck it. It's already written. Let's put it on there. And it's like, yeah, but why we didn't need it. It doesn't go anywhere. Totally. For us, it was more the way the song came out where, you know, one, I think overall listening to the record now that it's done, it was just supposed to not be on the record. Eventually Mm -hmm. it will come out, but it just needed a different recording session. It's a different style of song. It's much softer. If you look on YouTube, it's a song called Candle in the Dark. We played it live on one tour, um, but it's just, yeah, I'm glad it's not there. Yeah. But it's, it'll be out someday, for sure. Yeah, awesome. Let's uh, let's jump into a, some of these, these <coughs> tracks, um, give people some insight on the, you know, kind of what the mindset was, what some of the meaning is and things like that. Um, you already sure. talked a little bit about, um, Taconic. Let's talk about, um, honestly, I think your opening track is one of my favorite songs and that's, it's harder to make it below third. Um, yes. that song, I don't, I don't know. Like the minute I pressed play, I was like, okay, I'm in, you know, that's that summer track, man. Yeah. You get to put the windows down and go drive fast and enjoy it. Yeah, you know it's a it's a very fun. It's our drummer's favorite too. Um, I like that song a lot. Nice, but it is a yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, go ahead and um, let's tell people a little bit about it as far as like you know, kind of the the lyrical content or you know what I mean, kind of the feeling behind it. Sure, um, it's harder to make it below third. Is about a town called Hudson, um, or it's it's a small city called Hudson in New York. And um, it's in the upstate Hudson Valley area, and it's very popular right now for um, 
people who are weekenders or, you know, city folk going and buying houses there. But um, I lived there for a few years myself, and my dad grew up there. All my cousins and um, my grandma and aunts and uncles live in Hudson. And it's a really cute area, but it's really broken down. You have this one street that in the last 10 years has been glammed up a lot, and people have made new restaurants, and they've made it nice and, you know, gentrification in general. Right. Um, but below third, they have this sign where they say, oh, come and spend time below third. And it's where they're trying to now work on Hudson, but it's where the projects are. Just literally two nights ago, a 19-year-old boy was shot there, um, and a 30-year-old man also was, well, they shot each other. They both died. Right. Um, uh, and it's such an interesting place because I love it so much. And, um, honestly, I, I would really love to raise a family there. If I ever find myself out of the city, um, you know, we live here because of my fiance's work. Um, and it's such a great spot, but like 40% of the kids don't graduate from school. Like you have all this money that's coming into the area, but no one's making families and no one's trying to really build up the community and no one's really trying to fix the school. And like, it's hard, man. And that's why it's just, it's harder to make it below third, bro. Cause yeah. that's what they're trying to glam it up. And then, you know, and I, you know, this is one of those things where I am too, though my family has lived there for a long time and we have uh, had our own problems or people that have been incarcerated in my family or gone through the system and been a part of this whole thing, um, you know, not finish school and whatnot. Um, I still am a viewer as well. Where in my, you know, two years that I did, I, you know, I started doing okay with my band. And I was like, okay, I get to move out and live wherever I want. I'm going to go move to Hudson with my buddy. And because there's bars and there's people my age. And it's, you know, starting to get cool again. Um, but then you hear these stories like, you know, like a woman getting slashed in the face with a broken bottle just because she's out on Warren Street and kids think it's fun. Like that's the stuff in the song is real. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it sounds cute because the song is so upbeat right. and energetic, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, a lot of people they'll think like, man, if I never get out of here, like nothing's going to come my way, but nothing keeps coming my way as long as I stay here too. And like, I don't know what to do. And it's difficult because it it's a hard place for a lot of people to live. And it was fun for me because I didn't grow up there. Right. And um, so it's just wanted to kind of shed some light, yeah. sing about it. It's yeah. a place I care about a lot. Hopefully one day I will own a house there myself. But I was trying, but then all this shit happened. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, you know, I can't um, at the moment. But, yeah, so that's that's what that song's about. So, awesome. Um, honestly, it gets me emotional talking about it, man. I yeah. love that place a lot, and it's just sad to see what people go through in these small areas that um, just don't get the attention and the love they need. Yeah. 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 yeah that's uh, again, a lot deeper than, than I understood it to be, but you know, listening to the song at face value, like you said, with it being so, so upbeat and everything, it's like, okay, you know, just kind of catchy lyrics over this to, to make a fun song, uh, yeah. which obviously is, is not necessarily the case on that particular track, but I think that'll, you know, help, listeners also kind of redirect in a, in a sense, you know, like yeah. focus in on the, the key parts or the right parts of a, of the song. So, 
Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna put out a podcast episode for my show. My show, Get Tucked, the podcast, out everywhere. Um, so listen to it. But yeah. I'm gonna do an episode where I just talk about all the songs because that's the thing is I, as I talk about this stuff, you know, other than maybe Supernova, a lot of it people just don't really understand, and some of it's really fun. Like I got to <laughs> tell my parents what platinum's about because it's funny we're having this conversation because I I spent the weekend with my family for Memorial Day. And my parents were asking me what some of the songs were about. And, um, you know, we have a very casual relationship. So one of the fun songs that has is not serious, has nothing to do with anybody dying, I'll just put it out there, right. the song Platinum is all about pot, because um, I <laughs> smoke a lot of pot. And I was just sitting outside having a drink, smoking a joint, and my parents were like, what's Platinum about? And I was like, why don't you guess? And they were like, what? And I was like, dude, that pot. <laughs> Because now that I'm 31, I can smoke joints around my parents, and it's not a big deal. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's not all dreary, but, you know, it's not all necessarily black and white either. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, that kicks Platinum out. Platinum was one of them that I was going to bring up because you're doing you a, a pretty cool little thing, too. Um, so oh, this, I'm so excited. This uh, yeah. podcast will – this episode will be live – next wednesday so the yeah. whatever that is the like second or third of of july or june um so you've been taking uh like fan submissions and and working with fans i should say to uh create a a video around platinum right yes so i i did not expect to get the response we got which was super cool cuz i got so like many more people interested than i may end up needing but essentially, I I chopped up the song into a bunch of different phrases, and I made a, like a poster board with the lyrics on it, and I did a little dance video where essentially like every two to three seconds of the song, which is a different um, turn of phrase, mm-hmm. is going to be a different fan. Okay. And some of them will have like two fans, and it's all going to come together. And dude, I'm starting to get some of the videos. Like I got like 50 of them already. It's crazy because... These people are awesome. People like it's so nice when someone actually just wants to participate and does it and does it quick and sends it in and is super enthusiastic. It's just crazy to think that anyone would give a shit in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a really, really fun thing for us. And um, it's a little taxing to try to chop it all up and keep it organized, but I've, I'm getting it going. So, awesome. you know, hopefully within the next like week or two, we can get that out. Awesome. So it's kind of, of your own personal little like TikTok uh, <laughs> experiment here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just, I was, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, I was just outside and I was sitting and I was just like, bro, it's like almost June. Yeah. We got a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everyone's in quarantine and what, you know, some people are starting to get to open up and do things with school. But I was just like, you know what? This just goes along with the theme of how everyone's been locked up. This would be really fun. I think we should put it together. Um, and luckily, our guitar player, Melvin, is a professional videographer. Oh, nice. So I just have to get everything together, and then he's going to actually do the hard shit. So, um, yeah, sync- yeah, syncing video to the, the actual song and the beat is where the, the real trick comes in. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah, I'm so, like, tech, 
like, yeah, I am terrible when it comes to technology, like just not so much my forte. So, um, I will leave that hard stuff to him, but (laughs) I can organize things. So I will do that. Uh, Dropbox is my friend. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is, you know, it's nice when you have a band where you all can take on, especially, you know, you're signed, but still pretty DIY for a lot of the things, you know, you all kind of have your, Mm -hmm. your different jobs within the band, if you will. So it's always nice that the load's not all on one person for that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, they honestly, most of it's on me, so they better be good for something. Right. <laughs> um, I handle just about everything other than that. Cause I'm just going to sit here and take credit for a second on air. And like, if they listen to this, yeah. they know, cause I tell them anyway, I'm just like, Hey, don't give me shit. Yeah, I do everything, but <laughs> only because it's our just, social media. Come on, <laughs> you know it's funny. It's you know well. Eventually, most of the year, it's not a big deal. But what, it is just hard to organize the schedule of five men with jobs, right? Um, or you know, it's when everyone's got a wife. Two of the other guys tour, uh, doing Monster Jam, which is like yeah. um, Grave Digger and stuff. Yeah, they uh, they run AV for that so one's like an av manager and one just does videography and they tour most of the year with that so then they're only home on like tuesdays and wednesdays during their work season and then i'm on tour with fit for a king all the freaking time so when we're actually all home together you have to really hone in and like own every minute when you can but everyone also has their partners and their homes and people to be with and stuff so it is a challenge, and that's why it took so long to put the record together. Um, but I'm glad it did because we ended up writing so many songs over that period of time that I think it, it helped the product in the end. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the important part is, you know, especially your true fan base, they're they're going to wait around, you know, for a while on on albums and, and things like that, as long as it's quality content. And I definitely think this is, is worth a wait for people. Um that thank you that have been fans so um let's talk about the the title track swan dive cool um, um yeah you got any like particular questions about it or just no, want me to explain? no just dive into no pun yeah. intended i guess uh-huh. dive into it <laughs> um and if, sorry my neighbor is vacuuming upstairs oh, you're so fine, if man. you hear a buzzing my apologies but um Swan Dive is a song dedicated to a friend of mine from high school who um, lost his, he, he took his own life by um, uh, jumping from the Kingston Bridge. And he, I changed his name in the song because I don't, I mean, there will be people that I grew up with that are going to figure it out and they're going to know who I'm talking about, right. but I'm not trying to blast him like it was such a touchy thing where his family didn't even put no bit in the newspaper yeah Yeah. um but he was one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet he loved rock and roll he loved like dio and sabbath and all this stuff and life just was hard for him like he was like he was born with cancer and then he had the surgery where he would only sweat on half of his body when he would be in the gym, like when we'd be playing kickball or something. Yeah. Half of his face is red and half of it's totally normal because it doesn't perspire. Wow. Um, and just, we we grew up doing Taekwondo together um, and we, we had classes together in middle school and high school. 
he was just a really nice guy and you just knew things never worked out the way that he wanted it in his head. Um, and I saw him last at my 10 year high school reunion and something weird just kind of happened where before he got there, you know, somebody like had made a, a joke about a post that he had made and it kind of set this mood in the air. And the whole thing was weird anyway. The 10 year reunion sucked yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I liked high school. This is, I'm not saying that because I was one of those people that didn't like high school. I actually liked high school, but it just, man. And then he ended up taking his life shortly thereafter. And I, it bothered the shit out of me. I just didn't know if it had anything to do with it. He, I heard all these stories about how things were hard for him at work and all this stuff going on. And I just wanted to write something about him where, sorry. You're fine. I don't know. He was a rock star, man. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're you're good, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. This stuff, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, um, so I, I definitely feel you. Um, my, my brother, a little over two years ago, lost his battle with depression as well. And, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's obviously it's never easy or anything like that. But say, you know, kind of the same story for my brother. You know, he he cared so much about everybody else. He was always, you know, doing anything he could to help somebody else, you know. And the same thing, just life always seemed to to kick him in the balls whenever he he got things going well, something pulled him back. Um, yeah. And, you know, we... I, I say we as in the family, but like, I'm, I'm not happy that he did it by any means. I can understand the mindset that he was in. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I, I don't condone it, but I'm just glad he doesn't hurt anymore. You know, like I know yeah. that shit just wrecked him and it, it's kind of the same thing. You know, my, my thoughts are, are similar to yours. I think where I just, kind of want to immortalize him, you know, cause he, he was such a good guy and the, the world just didn't seem to do him justice, you know? Totally, man. So many forgotten heroes that were just like great people. So nice to be around consistent, amazing, and just never got the, just never got looked at like never, you know, it's one of those things where him and I, like we weren't, cool guys in high school. Okay. Like we were not the King jock dude. Like I was, I, my thing that I ended up getting labeled with in high school was most theatrical. Okay. I was not the coolest dude in school. Right. (laughs) So it was one of those things where we'd be sitting in science class and he'd be like, yo man, I'm really trying to get like said girl. And it's like, bro, she's top chick. Like you can't, like, we're not there. We're not in that realm. We're not in that universe. And like, it's just, all these things where I was just like, dude, I love your attitude. Like you're just, you're a go-getter you, you want. And I appreciate it. And he was just so fucking cool and kind. And it's just, I, I didn't know that side of him. I didn't know he was broken up. Like yeah. as for the last 10 years, it was just an occasional Facebook message. And he'd encourage me on how I got to start touring and all this stuff. And, you know, I just, I wish I knew more. I yeah. went, like, you know, and thank you for giving me a minute there. Like, it's just, he, gets me 
I, you know, a lot of the songs are weird or sad or whatever, but I see his face and I care about him. Yeah. So. No, I, I totally yeah. get that. And I, I think it's important, you know, the, I've talked to a, a lot of artists over the years, but here since I started my podcast, so this will be episode number 30. So I started it, you know, roughly six months ago, a little over six months ago, seven months ago, whatever that is. Um, and one of my goals through You Make the Scene and my podcast has been around mental health, you know? So I think yeah. as a culture, we're finally starting to to let people be open and start talking about it. It's still uncomfortable. There's still a big stigma around it. And why it's taken, you know, hundreds of fucking years at this point to to be okay with it is baffling. Yeah. But, you know, I was talking to uh, Chad Moses. He works for To Write Love on Our Arms. And we were just talking That's about cool. how, you know, like the only way that any of this shit gets better and that that people will feel more comfortable to talk about their struggles, you know, whether it be your friend or my brother or whoever, is if we're all willing to talk about it. You know, we have to totally. get to that point where they feel comfortable to say, I'm not okay, and I need you to listen. Well, I think a lot of it with that is understanding. And for myself, you know, when I first joined my other band, I had gone through this period where I had this year where I partied really hard and I did a bunch of drugs. And um, I ended up losing two friends, one to cancer, one to an overdose. And, like, I had a really rough time. So then I, like, sobered up and... You know, I was talking about mental health, um, you know, through a couple avenues once or twice. And now that I've had six years to look back and look at it, I'm like, I'm almost bothered by what I said to some extent, because now looking at it, I had no understanding of what true mental illness is. Mm -hmm. um, because whatever I thought was me being depressed, now that I've gotten to analyze it more, it was more just, you know, my environment, what I did to myself, what I was putting myself through. But really, all in all, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, and I yeah. can handle those things well. My big problem is I am a rage monster, which is all supernova. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I just didn't. I think I've gotten better at just trying to, like, notice or talk to people or how to talk to people and not trying to say, like, yeah, man, I totally know what you're going through because I don't fucking know what you're going through, but I want to. I want to talk to you. I care about you and I love you. And I'll always tell people that whether I'm just meeting Joe Schmo at the merch table or, you know, talking to him on Instagram, whatever, like, you know, it is love. It's all love, man, because you shouldn't have these, these massive walls up where you're scared to say that to somebody. It's like, man, if you got, you know, the time where you take time to listen to my songs a bunch and you buy my merch and you put food in my mouth and you help me pay my rent, like, yeah, I got love for you. That's real. Um, so that, you know, I think I, I needed to stop taking for granted my life and just start trying to listen more and talk less. Um, so, yeah, my, my life was pretty, I did, my parents been together since high school. They're cute as shit. I had a great life. My parents never hit me or nothing. Like, I'm lucky, dude. So yeah. Yeah. I try to keep it that way. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So um, next then, let's talk about, uh, to to try to swing things a little bit here, <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's uh, let's talk about bliss. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. 
Bliss. Let me, gosh, now I'm just like in such a, I have a brain fart at the moment. Goodness. Um, I almost need to like just go and, and uh, no, all right, I got it. Okay, boom. Um, when I was younger, all I wanted to do was get out of my town because I felt like I was never going to make myself into the person that I wanted to be. I've always, you know, since I was young, I've always wanted to perform, whether it was like Broadway or being in a band or singing or whatever. All I like to do is perform. And I was just like, I live in this tiny little town with one stoplight. How am I ever going to do anything? I need to get out of here. Um, and that's essentially really what it's about. Um, I was really lucky to have a super, super positive life. And my parents pushed me. And they helped me to achieve goals that I really wouldn't have if it wasn't for them. But the whole song in itself is just about like letting go of people that I got gripes with. I'm really, really bad at um, like letting go of guilt. Um, like I've got this kind of like, hi, my name is Earl thing going mm-hmm. on in my life right now yeah. where I'm trying to like make amends with some people and stuff. Um And, you know, Bliss was just my, like, fun, upbeat breakout song. Like, just, hey, so many kids have this feeling. So many people want to get out of their town. There's so many people that you want to forget about. And all you want to do is just be a different you and be the person that you think that you are and love yourself and be positive. And that's just what that song's all about. It's just me being my my inner awesome me and getting there. Yeah. Yeah. it makes me think of there is a line in I'm going to forget which song senses fail. Um, I want to say it's in buried alive, but I'm not positive about that. But uh, buddy says, follow your bliss. I know I got it tattooed on my chest for a reason. And I, that's kind of what yep. I felt of with that song is like kind of that message of follow what makes you happy. Like if, if getting out of your town is going to make you happy, then do it. You yeah. have to follow what's going to make you happy. Yeah, and I guess the way I spun that in the song is like I looked for my my bliss in all the wrong places where I just I needed to follow my heart a little bit better in my head. Like, whereas, you know, sometimes you get caught up in the wrong crowd or with the wrong people and you really know what the I think. I've been pretty good at being intuitive over my years and like putting together good groups of people where my goal was never like, man, I'm the best guy here. I I'm, you know, whatever. I was like, Oh man, all these, like, for instance, you look at your local scene and you're like, well, that guitar player is sick. That screamer is sick. That bass, but I'm going to break up all these bands. I'm going to put everybody together. Right. And I just, I looked for my personal bliss in all the wrong places when I just needed to, you know, relax stop beating myself up over things from the past, maybe say, change some things with my lifestyle, you know, just get a, get to be a better me because everybody knows the things that they have to do to make themselves better. Whether it's, I need to cut out the soda. I need to start running more often. I need to call my mom more. I'm not, you know, giving to my partner. Um, you know, all these things. If, if you have a little intuition in your head, you know what you need to do to fix it. So, you know, do it. Yeah. And I I think that's, that's a key, you know, is everybody knows what they should do. It's just a matter of taking that step and doing it. You know, it's not always going to make everybody happy, but it's going to make the right people happy and it's going to fix yourself into, or help fix yourself into being, you know, the best version of you that you can be. 
you know it, man. Yeah, it's a it was a fun one for me to write, and I love it. Like I like singing it because it's like my. I feel like Haley Williams when I sing it. It makes me want to like get really sassy and dance around and kick shit and dance. I don't know. Yeah, she's a big inspiration for me, and she's like a lot of what. It's funny. I like I love female singers because I just like how how loose they get and mm-hmm. how they not just in their like in their vocals and the way that they sing. Like when you watch Haley Williams dance, it's just like oh, she's just doing exactly how she feels on the inside. Yeah, and that was one of those things that was really hard for me to do. When I was younger, because that's why I loved theater so much, because I got to dance every night after school. But like for a young heterosexual male in a small town, like that's not really like the most normal thing. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, because you, know, you get the kids teasing you and the whatnot. And then that, you know, luckily I didn't have, you know, real depression or whatever. I was just like, oh, you guys are stupid. Like. Okay. Um, uh, which I, you know, people, I, overall, my high school experience was very nice. People were nice to me for the most part. I didn't get bullied that much. My neighbors probably bullied me the most out of anybody. So it was okay. It it gave me tough skin, but yeah, it's a fun, just a fun, happy track. So, you know, a little breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Female singers are like, I used to say they're a guilty pleasure because, back you know when we were growing up it was almost taboo to be into to too many bands that were female fronted and then it's mm-hmm. like you know what fuck you guys like just because they're girls they can't sing or you know what i mean that they're not allowed to do this like screw that so um haley's you know probably top tier on virtually everybody's list but i agree oh, like sure. she just gets lost in the emotion and the music and it's it's so refreshing to see like that that's when you know that the artist cares, you know, like same with you getting, yeah. getting tied to, to some of your songs, like real emotion will always make the best music. I think so. And I think over the years I've seen a lot of people that just do it for the sake of doing it. And I get it and they write great songs and it's cool and that's fine. It just doesn't interest me. Um, it's not something that I do. It's not something that I write like. No. I can't, I just can't. It's the same thing with like, I just love to watch documentaries. I like to like, I like to watch things that happen in real life. I don't really, if I want to watch anything that's fake, I'm going to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and it's going to make me laugh or I'm going to watch Seinfeld. But it'll still even like Seinfeld is relatable. It's real life. Yeah. These things happen. So I just, that has just always struck me and I, I don't know, what it is um but i really enjoy reality i it sounds like a weird thing to say because sometimes we just feel like we're plugged into the matrix and how much we're <laughs> on our computers and in our phones but i like watching people i like hearing these stories i like you know every person is so different that you could just i could listen for days man it's yeah. cool to me i don't know if some things just really pique other people's interest some guys want to go bow hunting like I just want to know about uh, weird little quirky stories that no one would probably hear about. Anyway, but that's why it's so great. There's so much uh, informative murder porn on TV now. Right. <laughs> so now I can just watch all these people who have killed all these people, and I think it's really fun. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Look, so I'm going to yeah. ask. I have avoided it so far in quarantine. Have you watched Tiger King? Oh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. I actually met a gentleman 
recently who um, works on Queer Eyes for the Straight Guy, which is so cool. Oh, nice. But yeah. Um, yeah, he actually said he like pitched a show for Joe Exotic like years ago and got got it turned down. Which I was like, oh my god, that's so crazy. But yeah, I'm all about that shit, man. I love reality TV. I love it. It's my favorite. Like I like Jersey Shore. I like all trash TV. Like that is one of my favorite things to watch. I kid you not. Like any super extreme reality trash TV. I the only thing I haven't really watched is like Real Housewives. Right. Never really done that. But like Bachelor. That's my shit, dude. <laughs> I love The Bachelor. I'm all about it. Like, I got my whole band to start watching, too. Nice. I don't know. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm the worst. Like, I, yeah, most people hate my taste in television. I think it's great. Yeah. No, I, I think, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, like you said, there's people that either love the reality TV or they're more in the escapism side, and it's all about you know, some sort of fantasy world or, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever it may be because they don't want to deal with reality. Um, Whether that's a conscious or a subconscious thing, you know, I'm sure it varies, but like, I, I, I'm kind of in that, I don't know, I guess the middle area, there's certain, like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan because that's the age I grew up in and whatnot. But at the same time, it's always sunny, Seinfeld, the office, like that's my shit Mm -hmm. too. And then, um, like I said at the beginning, I haven't watched 90 Day Fiance like you have, but, um, you know, just different little, you know, Jersey Shore back in the day or The Hills back Hell in the yeah. day, OC, like, there there was some yep. shit, so. Um, Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, I, you know, good for you for not watching the Joe Exotic one. That's I've, pretty wild. Like, everybody jumped on that train. So. Yeah, no. That's, it is pretty good, though. But that's why I'm I mean, fighting it is because everybody good. has been on it, and I'm just like, I refuse. I'm I'm gonna be that guy that refuses until like everybody else is done watching it, done making memes about it, and then I'll go back and watch it and be like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, yeah. it's killer. I loved it. He's a crazy human. He yeah. definitely deserves to be in jail for sure. Um, well, didn't didn't he just get? Well, he's not like full on out, but he got moved because of the COVID scare or whatever. He's he's in a different sick. area now, so yeah, it's good for him. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically everything I've got. We're going to, uh, I'm going to give you some time to talk about your podcast right now so that fans can, that are listening to this can definitely find you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your podcast and what you do on there. You got it. I have a show. It is called get tucked the podcast, which I am tucked. So that's why I went and named it after myself because I'm that vain. No, the whole (laughs) thing is, um, I tour a lot with my other band, Fit for a King, um, and I originally intended to have it be just a traveling show where I'm interviewing all the people I'm on tour with, all the people that work with the band. Now this COVID-19 thing happened, so I was like, all right, I need to actually make this show happen. I'm home. I'm going to do this. So the first couple episodes are each individual member of Fit for a King has their own episode. And then each individual member of Offered Minivan has their own episode. Uh, this past week, I just got on to interviewing people that aren't in my band. And we put out a show, an episode with Rio from Crystal Lake, a band from Japan. They're absolutely insane. Super, super good metalcore band that's blowing up. And um, it's just for everybody to get to know my friends a little bit better. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are in the music scene that want to talk about their music and 
I like them. So I figured why not? Um, just about everybody and their mother has a podcast now. <laughs> so I figured it's about time for me to have my own. I've talked about it for like a year with my band. And the original idea was I was going to do fit for a podcast for the um, release of our new album. But I decided against that because then everyone's going to think that I'm being very clean and I wanted to be able to say whatever I wanted. Right. So I decided to go with get tucked because if you don't get it from the name, then you yeah. shouldn't be alarmed when I start saying stupid shit um, because you know, Fit for a King in our background, we have a lot of uh, very conservative fans, which I do appreciate and I love. And that's exactly why I'm not going and doing anything dirty in our name. I right. keep it under my name. Right. Um, yeah, that's my show. Uh, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you want. Um, it's pretty fun and I hope you enjoy it. I also play uh, like local or underground bands on my show every week so if you're in a band and you want me to hear your band maybe you want to tour with fifth or king someday or something send your song to get tucked the podcast at gmail.com and i'll listen to it awesome um yeah. so another thing that i like to do to to end each episode here um before i let you have time to just plug everything as far as your socials that will tag and all that but um I always try to come up with just like some ridiculous question throughout the episode. And, and, you know, I've done everything from who would your celebrity parents be to, you know, just the classic, if you could have dinner with anybody past or present, who would it be for you though, because of your love of reality TV, I'm going to say, if you got stuck in the Jersey shore house, who are the housemates that you would want to be in there with you? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep Snooky because Snooky is so fun. Um, <laughs> but out of the guys, I think, honestly, uh, maybe I'd keep Polly D and Vinny because they were really nice and they looked fun. Um, I would get Danny DeVito in there, and I'd probably bring the It's Always Sunny crew as well. But they'd have to be in character. I don't right. give a shit for them and who they are in real life. I don't want them to be their normal selves. I want them to be the It's Always Sunny selves. So as long as they come in character, that would be very cool. Um, man, yeah, I mean, if that it's always sunny cast is is four in itself, and then I got Snooks and I got Vinny and Polly, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I don't know, somebody bring a dog and we'll have a good time. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. I think that would be very fun. I would have a great time with those people, yeah, and I, I think that's one of those shows that people either absolutely truly loved it or they loved to hate on it. There was no in between. Nobody was indifferent about that show. It was either this is the biggest piece of hot garbage that there is, or this is the most amazing show that there is. Well, at the time I hated it yeah. um, <laughs> because Snooki is actually from our area. She's from the Hudson Valley. She grew up oh, in okay. Marlboro. So I, didn't like it at first and then a couple years ago um the band old wounds um or friends of mine was staying at my apartment and they put it on and they were like oh bro this is what we watch and I, they're from new jersey so i was yeah. like oh this is funny jersey and then we were like oh no this is the greatest television show <laughs> ever made um and for me it's up there dude like it's a great show it is great content it's wild people it's it's just so ruthless i love it yeah. you know 
I like extreme. Yeah. So. Sounds like it. Yeah. So that's yeah. everything I've got for you. Um, so to, to head out, I guess we've, I do have one other question. Which song would you like me to play on the exit uh, of your episode? Yeah, it's play. It's harder to make it pull a third. Okay. Because it's a fun one. And I think that, um, I like that that one's first because it's a good icebreaker. You know, yeah. you wouldn't, I, you, we considered starting with like the swan dive or something like that. Um, but it, this is just a nice medium for the record. I think it's, you know, got some energy and stuff to it, but not too aggressive or in your face. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. So what I'll let you do here for the, the last however long it takes you, um, go ahead and, and plug anything you want. Obviously, all your socials and things like that, and we'll uh, we'll put all those in the description for you. Uh, you can follow Offroad Minivan on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Offroad Minivan. Uh, nobody else took that handle. <laughs> yeah, of course. So uh, you can go follow us anywhere. Uh, I am on Instagram at hustle x crow because uh, i'm the greatest rapper alive <laughs> and um yeah drop the russell pick up the hustle so um <laughs> y'all can follow me anywhere that you want um uh, otherwise facebook ryan tuck o'leary um yeah uh, i think that's about it follow my show get tuck the podcast don't subscribe to it give me a five-star rating um don't be mean and just give me something less like don't please for the love of god and uh yeah, I think that's about it, man. Awesome. So. And those five-star ratings actually do matter. For people that don't understand why podcasters always ask for that, it totally changes the algorithm on where we show up and how we show up. So those ratings yep. are super, super important. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's a huge thing. And I used to, when other people would have me on their podcast show and they'd be like, go, go give me a rating. And where? I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I hit the post. Like, I don't want to do nothing. And now I'm like, Please go give me a rating. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. So um, yeah, I feel you, dude. And I will do the same for you. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll definitely be following yeah. you on Spotify here as soon as we get done on this. So um, bump those numbers, you know. Um, that's oh, yeah. everything that you know. We've got. I'll be in touch with you and and Becky over at Big Picture. You know, obviously, as COVID goes away, hopefully, fucking soon. Um, you know, when tours yes, start sir. getting reannounced and things like that, you know, I'll try to, to do anything I can to help support you guys and put blasts out about that. Thank you very much. We definitely, um, will be out on tour this year. We haven't toured a lot in the past, but, um, some awesome things have happened to us recently and people are starting to put together schedules. Things will be coming out, you know, just get through the summer and music will come back, you know? So absolutely, yeah. man, dude. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And um, like I said, this will be up next Wednesday and, and we'll be blasting it out for you. Awesome. Sounds great, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Have a killer night, man. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Tuck from the band Off-Road Minivan. Uh, be sure to check out their socials. I've got links to all of that in the description. Uh, check out his podcast, um, especially if you like, you know, interviews and hearing kind of the band on band um, back and forth. You know, obviously, people within your industry always relate to you better than, you know, people that aren't from your industry. 
Um, so he has some great conversation and content up on that. Um, check out Swan Dive, the new album. It's a solid album, and I'm a really big fan of it. So uh, I think you guys need to at least give it a shot. Um, let them know, you know, kind of what you like about it, what you don't maybe, and, and you know, just help grow the scene. So um, other than that, you know, like Tuck said there at the end of the interview, bands are starting to put some stuff together uh, for tours and, you know, any sort of stuff they can now that hopefully COVID is going away. Keep your eyes on that stuff. You know, I've been preaching it the pretty much the whole time that we've been doing the podcast about supporting your your favorite artists uh whether that's buying merch directly from them going to shows whatever do everything you can to support music and musicians and artists it is so much more important than you understand being a fan um when you have artists like tuck that are very very fan oriented and truly want to put out music and content that people can relate to and enjoy and either use as an escape or almost like a therapy, you know? So, um, that's pretty much everything I've got for you guys this week. Um, definitely, you know, give us a like, a follow, a share, um, tell your friends about it, the whole nine yards, as Tuck and I said there at the end as well, that stuff goes a long way for how we show up on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever, um, the, the number of followers, the number of ratings, all that stuff play factors into it. So, um, we really appreciate any, you know, give back that you, you do for us. That's everything guys. That is episode number 30. So, per Tuck's request, our song to take us out today is going to be It's Harder to Make It Below Third by Off-Road Minivan off their new album, Swan Dive. Thank you guys so much for all the support, as always. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.